this is Randy, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about tricks for getting that perfect picture with Santa, with kids and dogs. Try This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking today, going over a brief history of the Nutcracker, and uh, kind of talking with everyone about maybe some of our favorite Nutcrackers that we've had over the years, and how they've impacted us, I guess, as much as they have. This is Beth. Today, I'm going to talk about the group, the singing group, Pentatonics, and their Christmas songs. So, yes, Merry Christmas to all of you celebrating that um, that wonderful time of year like we are. We're right in the middle of, of it as we record, and we have, uh, accordingly, a lot of holiday happenings related to that time of year as well. Uh, last week, we had our first set of flurries in the area. I was at work at the time in a meeting and uh, looking out out the windows across the uh, parking lot towards some uh, trees that had lost all their leaves. You could see the flurries coming down pretty strong. Nothing, you know, stayed or anything, but it was very pretty to see. It was, and I was in it, and it wasn't like the pretty flurries. It was, I was questioning like what they were it almost looked like tiny itty bitty bits of hail but when i realized what it was no yeah it was actual like flurries um so that was just kind of funny it wasn't like the thick like wintry like winter wonderland kind but um still very fun and i think we're um scheduled to get some more flurries possibly this coming week so that will be fun <laughs> um we are not scheduled to get flurries down here in florida for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but Hawaii is actually getting a blizzard with 100 mile per hour winds. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. so it's just crazy. The weather is always crazy, and it just seems to get crazier. Um, I did finish putting up um, our trees in the house, yep. including the two new metal trees that I talked about in one of the previous podcasts, uh, where we uh, basically they're a metal structure framed like a tree with six tiers to them of branches and I got a set of these really pretty cluster lights that Beth found and oh, one of them so is red and silver on the black and the other one is green and red on the gold green and, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and okay. one of them is has the silver obviously the, the, the red, and bl uh, red black and silver one has the silver winter August ornaments on it and the other one has our Santas from Hallmark on it. Yeah, they look so good. Yeah, they look really they're, pretty. They're very, the trees are just very different. And with the cluster lights, they are, their cluster lights are so beautiful. With them on and the ornaments and then the specialized ornaments, it's just, they're so pretty. Yeah. We had people over last night and they were commenting on how pretty they were. One of them, um, Trish took some pictures and sent to her sisters. So now in the house, we have our big family tree, which this year is a nine foot, which actually was a much more manageable height. Although yeah. we left a lot of ornaments in the boxes that just couldn't fit on a nine foot tree, but that's okay. So we have the family tree. We have the Disney tree in the foyer. We've got the two new trees in the office, um, the two new metal trees. We have our flocked um, white and blue tree in the dining room. We have our spinning red and white tree in the kitchen. We have our hallway, upstairs hallway, gold tree. 
I think I'd call it a rotating tree, not a spinning, spinning tree. Spinning. <laughs> it's a slowly rotating tree, oh, not a rapidly spinning tree. It is. A, it is. It does a really nice job slowly rotating. That is true. It's not out of control. I call it a spinning tree. Um, and then we have upstairs the gold tree in the hallway that matches our gold garland and wreaths that are in the foyer. Yes, but the tree's green. It just has gold ornaments. And then we have in our room, um, our, what color is that tree? I can't even remember. It's white. A white, uh, yeah. It's like right. a winter wonderland a, tree. Yeah, that's right. It's not a flocked white. No. But the ornaments are all white. Yes, and everything on it's white and it's beautiful. And then outside back, we have our feral cat's uh, Christmas tree. We do. <laughs> she has a tree out there with, I mean, you have. It's only six foot. It is. It's only six feet. And it's, it has colored lights. Yes. So it can be on the back porch. Yes. So <laughs> I did finally go on that Christmas tree walk at Disney Springs. So what was it like? And that was, that was a lot of fun. We didn't really follow the, uh, like I had a screenshotted map because dad told me, you know, They'll try to charge you like 10 bucks to get a Christmas tree walk map. Um, so I just found one online. And they were really nice. I do think I like the Christmas tree walk I went on before where they weren't all spread out more. Yeah. Uh, where you just kind of, it had a path and they had a tree every, you know, however many feet. Yeah. Um, because there's only so much space in Disney Springs and Keely and I just kind of wandered around. Um, looking at all the trees, because they weren't really hidden. Um, but there's only so much space, so some of the tree placements were a little odd. There was one that, like, you couldn't get a picture of it without getting, like, the overpass behind it. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> As well, like, there were just some that were really pretty, but weren't in great aesthetic locations. Oh, um, but there were some, there was a, like, a cocoa tree, there was a Disney Plus tree, which had, oh, um, like, ornaments of different Disney Plus movies all over it. That's funny. Um, at one point, they had, they had a really big tree, which was neat, but the really big tree was facing a direction where, like, if you wanted to get the star on the tree, you couldn't actually take a picture of the tree head-on without getting like an awning in the way. Yeah. That's so there were some there were some weird placements of, of trees this year, but we did manage to get some really pretty side pictures because they they launched the snope that we talked about before. Yeah. Uh, which looks like snow but is really like soap suds kind of uh, mixture. Uh, so we managed to get a picture of the tree with the snope. Um let me see. There was a there's a Lion King tree, which was really fun. The star of that was Rafiki's hands holding up oh, Simba. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good idea. Yep, yeah, that was super cute. Uh, let me see. What else? Were, it was also Disney Springs in general was just all decked out for Christmas now. Like they had uh, garlands and uh, Christmas greenery with ornaments. They had musicians playing live music live Christmas music everywhere. So it was all in full Christmas swing now. I know last time we went to Disney Springs, they talked about how it was a little mixed between Halloween and Christmas, but all Christmas now, all that, you know, Disney Christmasness that you expect. So very festive. There was a, 
Yes, yeah, and it was it was a great time to go in and, and see all of that. There was a uh, a haunted mansion tree, which was super fun. That is fun. Um, to, you know, it's it's Disney IPs that you'd expect: Toy Story, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, there was a, a Wakanda tree from uh, Black Panther. Yeah. There was a Star Wars tree. That was the one that I couldn't get a picture of without getting the overpass behind it. Um, Princess and the Frog tree. That was another kind of weird placement because there was like an industrial set of pillars next to it that I couldn't get like a nice picture of without getting those pillars in. But the trees were always decorated, like always, are decorated really, really in pretty and creative ways, and if you take time to look at all the ornaments, they're really clever and really fun. And all numbers of Disney IPs, so we had a lot of fun going around and looking for those. Um, Keely and I went into the candy shop and we got a um, Mickey head, like Christmas, um, kind of like, it looked like a candy bar. What it looked like was a Rice Krispie Treat, a round Rice Krispie Treat, and two little marshmallows for the ears, covered in like a candy coating. Um, that's what I assumed it was. It was not. It was all marshmallow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. we, we had to like walk that off, because that was so much <laughs> sweetness yeah. all at once. Um, but it was a great time. She had a lot of fun with it, uh, and I had a lot of fun going around looking at everything, too. And uh, I, I, you know, I took a bunch of pictures of stuff, of course, of every tree that we saw. I tried to frame them as best I could, uh, but like I said, some of them were a little wonky. Um, that but like a lot of fun. yeah, that was that was a really good time. Yeah, the pictures we saw made it look really fun, and they just, you know, Disney just does, does such a great job with decorating, and you know, like when they put up lights, they don't just put like a strand of lights up. It's like an intense high density set of lights around the palm trees or the trunks of the trees or out into the branches. It's, it's just really great. Have the, the ability to put up all those lights on, on my place too. Uh, I've got some neighbors. I have one neighbor who after Thanksgiving was over went berserk with his lights, his entire house, like every single area you know, like, we usually do uh, lights on, like, the trim and everything, but he's got lights going down, like, his shingles in rows, and oh uh, he's got uh, what looks like, um, you know, those, like, electric signs that you would see out of, like, movie theaters and stuff? He's got, like, a standing one that says, um, welcome to the house of, you know, then his last name. Um, so they went really crazy with that, but that's fun to pass as I, that's one that I pass as I come back home. So, um, a lot of people in the, that's the nice, that's the fun thing about living in a subdivision is that you get a lot of different lights. Like there's a, uh, Santa, um, with a sombrero and maracas, uh, (laughs) the blow up Santa with sombrero and maracas. And, um, I think there's must be some little motor in him because he's shaking them. (laughs) all the time and there's other cute things like that so it's uh just because i'm in florida doesn't mean that christmas isn't in a full swing here yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a lot of fun it's fun to see other people's lights uh you know they take the time to put them up for other people to see so it's good to enjoy them 
um, and even go out of your way sometimes to enjoy them. I know uh, Beth mentioned that we had friends over last night um, uh, to hang out. Sydney actually last night before they came and then even before that had been working on Christmas cookies for yep. the family. She's our baker, our Christmas cookie baker. Um, previously, I think even before Thanksgiving, I had made our peanut butter blossoms. Um, and we had pretty much like eaten like through them a lot. So I actually had to make more this past weekend. Um, I also made the Russian tea cakes as well. And I need to make more thumbprint as well as the Kris Kringle. So um, we had friends over last evening and we um, like brought the cookies out. And um, so I'm going to have to make more. So that's been fun. But yes, yeah. uh, very fun. Cookie making times. And Randy and I have enjoyed eating them. Yes. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I have too, but. <laughs> yeah, next weekend's our big uh, Christmas party that we have every year. Uh, yeah. So the cookies will be part of that as well. In fact, I might come, I might go to your all's house Thursday night so that Friday um, I can help out. Um, with any arranging and that well definitely the cookies though like that's kind of what my main priority is as well as um some wrapping i still need to do uh, my theme this year actually have a theme for my christmas gifts and it's colors so um like different colors of the rainbow so a fun way if you're feeling a little stumped at all during christmas or birthdays a fun way to make gifts or like a gift theme is um, pick a, a color or like a, a favorite color of your friend or coworker and make a little basket um, of that color. For instance, Cole likes ravens and ravens is often associated with the color purple. So um, like if you wanted to, you can make like a little basket full of purple things. This is really makes things really easy too because yeah, Cole's purple nutcracker right there um one you can go to the store and get football paraphernalia but uh, but two if you're just looking for colors all you have to do is go into a store and pick like gum or chip bag of chips or anything like that in, a, in that color and that makes it really like just fun and nice hi noel yeah so you have it's not all expensive things it's a variety of things many of which are small things so yes. very, it's very affordable, yeah. yeah. I had been working. I was excited because um, I had moved and um, I have Noel, so I thought, oh, I can have, like, and we always, um, as a family, well, mom always created Christmas cards online, like um, on Vistaprint or um, Snapfish. Snapfish or... Yeah, um, because then that way... You could have um, a card, and on one side it has like a bunch of pictures, and it looks really cute. And on the other side, you can have like updates on your family, which um, I like both like a lot because I see pictures of the family, and that's great. I don't know what's going on in their lives necessarily, so um, I was super excited to uh, yeah. So I was super excited to like kind of like create my own with Noel, and a part of that was waiting to get pictures with Santa. Now, I had seen in November that at Petco advertising pictures with a Santa um, a couple weekends um, in December. And I got really excited because 
I, I've never had a dog, and I guess I just never really realized that they have pictures with Santa at different pet stores. Um, so that was really fun. And um, she, I got, I scheduled it. So, um, and a part of like pictures with Santa is scheduling too. Um, so if you are a scheduler, this is a great thing to do as well because then you can schedule like if you have kids, like schedule a haircut or um, in my case, schedule a grooming appointment like. I scheduled it the day before, which is, I mean, I guess it's like a little risky because I've, I've never been to this groomer to have a full grooming, but um, but I loved it and it turned out super cute. So the pictures with Santa were really, really cute. Um, so definitely plan ahead. Um, another tip to uh, for getting that perfect picture with Santa is to um, schedule, you know, the, the grooming ahead, but also like what you want um, the kids or the dog to wear. So the outfit, um, for instance, um, for Noel, I had been looking in, at Petco, like at different like sweaters and things like that. And I found this super cute like white um, uh, cloak, and I think it was meant for both dogs and cats because it was only one size. Um, and I thought of Izzy, and Izzy would like do a really good job wearing that. So, um, um, but anyways, but it was really cute, so I had her wear that. Um, for the photo shoot, but I also remember, um, not necessarily even pictures with Santa, but, like, family pictures and things like that. Like, Mom would always have me and Cole, like, dress up a little, um, or be in certain outfits and look nice, obviously. So, that's one way. Um, when I was doing research for this, a lot of what I saw was, don't push it, meaning, like, if your kids are uncomfortable, don't force them to sit on Santa's lap. I mean, I think there are, like, more tricks to it as well that you could do, but no, definitely, like, for Noelle, and she's, you know, a nine-month-old puppy, so I, you know, originally tried to just sit her on Santa's lap, and she really didn't like that, so it's like, okay, so, and I kind of knew beforehand, like, you know your own kid, you know your own dog, um, so I had already, like, dressed in a certain way, just in case I also need to take a picture with Santa, and sure enough, I, I sat next to him with her, and all three of us took a picture. So that was fun. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, yeah, I was thinking that knowing your kid or your dog is really important for you guys. I recall mom would always pick out the outfit that she wanted ahead of time and then, you know, plan that. And, you know, we'd realize that you guys wouldn't want to sit on their lap. We would have to sit with you. But de-stressing the preparation time beforehand is helpful i will not say we always did a good job at that um you know trying to get your kid first of all into some specific thing um you know they may not want to wear it it may be new to them maybe hotter than normal because you know it is in christmas colors you know and it's a full might be a you sweater. Know, yeah it might be a sweater so it's not as comfortable um so thinking about how can we make this an activity that's fun leading up to santa because you want the subject whether that's your kid or your dog to be in a good mood to be happy um and a little bit distracted uh when they're going to sit with santa so if you can have people with you like a grandparent or a friend or your significant other um that can help distract um as you know you're getting ready or even like moving towards santa sometimes the seeing the santa in a long line can be just like a build-up of concern and, and not happiness tension, uh, tension. Yeah. Um, it, it, when you think it should be fun for a lot of little kids it's a pretty scary activity yeah yeah and that's a really good point um which um 
I mean, definitely when I was looking up the research, it was like definitely like kind of build up to it, right? Wait until the time is just right when they are excited. Uh, like you said, like having a grandparent or some someone else there will just like help with everything. Um, another suggestion is go when it's quieter as well. Plan the outfit ahead of time so that everything isn't, you know, just like one big like rush. You know, just planning it out. Um, being flexible. Um, like you said, if they don't want to sit with Santa, um, I think I even saw a picture of me standing next to Santa. Yep. So like that was an option too for um, for the uh, for the dogs. Um, it was funny because some of them sat with Santa, some of them sat like in front of Santa, um, and then you know you have Noel who wanted to be held by me next to Santa. Um, well, maybe not next to Santa. She just wanted to be held by me. She didn't know <laughs> yeah. necessarily what was going on. But um, I feel like all of that is really, really important. And I think um, another big thing, and especially as cameras, as our phone cameras have become so, like, just, just really, really nice cameras, uh, don't overlook the power of uh, the candid shot. So a lot of times, and I, I kind of... Um, Maybe next year we'll have have this, but like for instance at Petco they were waiting. Um, There's a, a number of assistants and they had um, squeaky toys to help like you know um, raise the heads of the dogs to look a certain direction. So that's really good. They had like treats there um, to help with that as well. Um, but also they had a iPad to take one picture and then you can choose the frames. Well, I mean that's that's um, nice, but if you know your kids and you know that they're going to be like super active or or whatnot taking um having someone else take pictures on your phone maybe at the same time or um taking even like a video would i think help with like pictures that maybe um you know instead of wanting like something like have a frame you know that they offered or or whatever it's better to have a picture because you you're going to use it for like a christmas card or something like something more specific um i know with noelle she's like super i mean she's a puppy so she's not super active right now because she's tired and she's laying down like a good girl but other times like i i know i have to take a video and then go through kind of frame by frame to find and i find really cute and funny pictures but yeah, just just keeping in mind the the candid photo versus the professional like must stay still kind of um, picture is also something to keep in mind as well. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of about it. Again, you know your own kids, you, you know your own pets. Um, so just keep that in mind, and um, yeah, just have fun and um, enjoy making your cards or. You know, giving that picture to Grandma, uh, you know, picture of Santa in a picture, fun picture frame, or or Papa. <laughs> so I was uh, thinking, Sydney, it might be good for us to share some memories of you guys. Yeah. Go ahead. So I don't think we got a good picture of either of you with Santa, with you guys growing up, unless we were sitting or standing with you. And even then, mm -hmm. you guys typically did not want to be too close to Santa. We usually had to, like be the one close to Santa and then you were like a little bit further away and it wasn't until you were beyond your even your early teen years that for Sydney she took a good photo at some point it all clicked that 
uh, you could actually just take a good photo of Santa, and that was a fun thing. It yeah. took a while for you to figure that out instead of, oh, yeah. like, because once you got through the kids' stage, you entered preteen and teen Stop era, and, yeah. and not of you wanted to be associated with little kid stuff at that point. Yeah. yeah. So then you then you moved on beyond that, you know, when you get into, you know, 16, 17, 18, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's just a fun thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. But your entire life growing up, it was not a fun thing to do. No, it, well, it's interesting that you say that because I do remember one picture. Now, granted, this is one picture one year when Cole and I, I think we're like in an elementary school, or at least I was, and I was standing next to Santa and Cole was sitting on Santa's lap. He was really little and he, he did not look happy. But it was yes. almost like I was there to, like, help, like, help him feel comfortable. So that was, like, tapping into, like, the older sibling kind of yeah. um, situation. Having to sit on his lap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks yeah. for you. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, we, we weren't good about sitting on Santa's lap. That just sounds like you did a bad job of uh, what Sydney said before. Of doing the distracting. Yeah, we needed more help. We were in Houston at the time. We didn't have yeah. any help other than the two of us there with yeah. two kids. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'd say that one of you might be look okay with Santa, but then the other one wouldn't, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was never never as fun and hopeful. And, you know, I, I don't think we ever included those kind of pictures in our Christmas cards because they just didn't turn off that well. It right. was difficult to get just a picture of the two of them in front of a tree. Yeah, just a, a tree yeah. at our house. Cole would usually make a face. Yes. Or turn his head or move his hands in a weird way. And and then he thought, and then if I said something, he'd think it was funny. Yeah. So then he'd do it more. And it's like, I just want one picture. Can we just get one picture? <laughs> it was really hard. Well. Not always. Not always. <laughs> not always. But sometimes, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah like, you'd be like seriously, but you'd also I could see the the chuckle, like you try to hide the chuckle. Yeah. yeah, and also I think it also depends on the Santa. You have some years where like they're really good, and then you yeah. have other years that like. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny this year though at Petco. So you know the Santa and the beard, like the fake beard. So like he didn't have the top parts, or literally his beard just went up to like. Like, what, what did it do? It went up his nose, like up, up above his nose. So you had no mouth. <laughs> so I was cracking up so much. Obviously, I mean, it wasn't his like real beard. In fact, it was funny because like someone walked out with a huge dog and he legit had the Santa face and the Santa beard. I'm like, what? But, um, but no, the Santa had a mask underneath um, his fake beard, and then his fake beard went above his nose. So it was just funny. So if oh, you no. that was probably because of COVID, so he could wear a mask. Yeah, but some people, like, actually, like, you know, that those who have the Santa beard actually just, like, you know, wear the mask. But I think it was the combination. It was so hilarious, though. That is so funny. Now, I will say this. I would rather have a Santa with no mouth than way too much mouth. <laughs> I think the best Santa, like given the option between the two. I think the best Santa that we took pictures with was the one at Disney when oh, yeah. we, you were sense. older. Um, was in the twenties. And I did sit on his lap. <laughs> yeah, and he was a, an awesome Santa and Mrs. Claus. They were great yeah. down at Disney in Epcot, I believe. Yeah. In the American. I remember that picture actually. Yeah. That they were they looked perfect yeah. for that role. Yeah. He actually gave us um, Starbucks advice because I had Starbucks um, Mickey ears. 
on the one picture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's another good um, uh, tip as well, is to find a a the best looking Santa as far as looking like the the real Santa that you can get mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely. Very fun. Did you guys ever try uh, distracting us with nutcrackers? No. <laughs> I can't say I ever have. We should have done that. No. No. Nor had I tried to have tried. you sit on a nutcracker's lap. True. I, I might have been more willing to do that than Santa's lap. Because nutcrackers are inanimate. <laughs> That's true. Usually, now that I think about it, usually a lot of these places where you sit with on Santa's lap are these little, like, Santa's village areas, like in malls. Um, there was a great one in the mall that Keely and I went to. And a lot of times, now that I think about it, there are large nutcrackers. Yes spread around these Santa villages. Usually, like, a couple of them, and they are kind of traditionally soldiers, so there's, like, a couple of them flanking the entrance. Yes, like guarding. Or- yep, guarding so that they can they can <laughs> deny suspicious-looking children. <laughs> That's right. Entrance to, to Santa. They're like a Santa TSA. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I think it was three years ago that we talked a little bit about Nutcrackers. Um, we love them every, you know, Every Christmas, you've got so many nutcrackers, Dad. I have less nutcrackers, but they've always been a Christmas favorite of mine. And some people like them. Some people feel very indifferent to them. There's not a lot of people that I've met that actually, like, hate them. They're not, like, candy corn controversial. (laughs) But there are those people who think that these decorative nutcrackers are still usable as nutcrackers. True. True. Which they are, are generally not designed to do that. Uh, so there's a lot of stories about broken nutcrackers being used for, uh, you know, decorative broken nutcrackers being used for things that, you know, may not be, they're not quite built that durably. No, they definitely not. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, humans have been using uh, tools to crack nuts for thousands of years. I mean, any guesses on the earliest combination of tools to crack nuts? Um, like location or time frame? Um, no, the tools. Oh, I would think a rock would be the easiest thing. Yeah, rock and other rock. Yeah, yeah that's what I would guess. <laughs> Smash. Nut between and crack. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, the, one of the earliest tools. I mean, nuts in general have been one of the oldest foods that humans have eaten. Uh, They're a great source of protein that's usually, you know, less mobile than trying to hunt something in terms of protein. Uh, And over time, artisans uh, used pieces of wood joined by leather or a metal hinge, but as the uh, centuries progressed, artisans started to create figurative designs for nutcrackers such as brass crocodiles in India and cast iron squirrels in England. That's funny. <laughs> but wood remained a popular material, particularly among um, what you would think of as kind of the peasant class of people because it was just much more available. In terms of something that you have enough of that you can make decorative designs with it because there were metals available to peasants, 
but you weren't given enough that you could make something fancy with it. Like it was much more much more precious to you than going out and getting some wood and whittling some fun designs. By the 18th century, carvers in Switzerland, Austria, and uh, northern Italy were making fanciful wooden nutcrackers that looked like humans, um, animal heads, sometimes with the lower moving jaws too. There are a lot of actually very interesting designs for early nutcrackers, the ones that you would actually use to crack nuts. One that I saw was uh, there was a little nutcracker man that it was a platform and the hinge was on his knees and you would push his butt down onto a nut like he was sitting on it to crack it. Wow. Okay. Uh, there was one that the hinge was at his, um, like his ankles, I guess you would say, and you like pressed his whole body down, like rotated his whole body down onto a nut to crack it. Hmm. Um, but the most popular ones seemed to be the mouth. Which makes sense because that's where you eat the nut. Right. 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 It, it makes, right. I mean, the, the, the line of thinking tracks in terms of that's where the nut is going to go in you. So, um, and the other really popular nutcracker design, uh, not the fanciful one, but I mean, some of them are fanciful, is the two pieces of long pieces of metal with a hinge and you just kind of uh, put one end on your thumb and the other end on your four fingers and kind of just squeeze and crack yeah. it. And there's a lot of really fanciful designs uh, around the world using that basic concept. Uh, in Russia, I saw one that was like a metal dragon and from you know 18th century or so, uh, and a few others like that. But the nutcrackers that are best known in America come from Germany. Germany. Germany, yep. In fact, they come from a particular region of Germany, the Erzgebirge Mountains, near uh, the border with Czechia. Uh, Erzgebirge is German for iron, or, uh, excuse me, for ore mountains, and uh, it has been rich in silver deposits, tin, and uranium, uh, for many years, starting around the early 1700s, uh, as some of the deposits started to run out, miners began crafting nutcrackers, toys, and glass ornaments as a way of supplementing uh, dwindling mining income. And even before the ore started to run out, during the winter months where they couldn't go and mine as much, they would craft uh, these kind of these more fancy little nutcrackers as a way to, again, supplement the income when they couldn't work. By the, uh, around the 1800s, the earliest versions of the nutcracker toys, um, so familiar to us, started to appear in the Erzgebirge workshops. It said that woodcarvers chose figures of authority for these dolls, such as soldiers, policemen, uh, and politicians because common people enjoyed putting toy versions of their overseers to work by having them crack the hard nuts of life. That's funny. So there's their way of so, like, um, like quietly uh, getting back at them without them knowing. Right. <laughs> right. By having a, you know, a nutcracker carved like the king. Right. 
you could have uh, the king crack your nuts for you. Or uh, maybe the Burgermeister Meister Burger, yeah. if you're familiar with uh, the Rankin Bass Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, but a lot of those early nutcrackers didn't look the way that ours look now, because ours are typically uh, square jaw, kind of the nose, and mostly uniform in their bodies, but they're painted in different ways. Uh, a lot of the early ones were carved in, uh, to have a lot of different variety in their faces. Like, um, some of those, you know, lordly figures cracking your nuts were not very flattering to the lords. Uh, things like big noses might be common, big bellies, um, or other kind of like big ears, very over-exaggerated features. But the nutcrackers that we know today, the reason that they have the square jaws, mostly just practical. Some people tried to make them so they were smiling and it was just too complicated to like do consistently enough that you could make a profit off of them. Um, but something else that started to, you know, catch some, uh, I guess you could say momentum, is using nutcrackers as uh, symbols of good luck or uh, kind of as guards, particularly the soldier nutcrackers, as guards against evil spirits because you would put them in your window looking out uh, and they would be painted with uh, what was originally supposed to be smiles but ended up being bared teeth uh, to kind of ward off the, the bad spirits. So um, if you're ever feeling like you have ghosts in your house, try to just give Nutcrackers a shot. Put a bunch of them everywhere. That's right. That's funny. And, uh, they are, yeah, yeah. If you think you can, if you think you catch it in a in a room, try putting a nutcracker in the doorway, and then when it comes to come out, it's like, oh crap, I can't get out. I've never had problems with ghosts in this house, so that you know. That's I've true. Had nutcrackers, so. But we've had a lot of different nutcrackers over the years. So I mean, I've got one here that was a gift. It's a, you know, I've talked about how I love the Baltimore Ravens. It's a Baltimore Ravens nutcracker. Dad, you've got a Steelers one, I think. I do. One or two. I th do you have one or one, you have one. a couple? One. Just one. Um, and I think this was a gift for me uh, from you guys. So it's a very traditional looking nutcracker other than being painted in the Baltimore Ravens colors with the symbol. So I've got him here on camera with me. And, I mean, do you want to give any input? Oh, you're asking him. <laughs> He's giving him what? That was the right, yeah. That was really helpful. That was uh, that was his mouth opening and closing. He was uh, he was talking a little bit. Um, if you can't speak Nutcracker, then you know that joke may have not been as funny for you. But uh, what about you guys? Because Nutcrackers too over the years have gotten they've got Nutcrackers like. Um, Pinocchio and the, the Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion and, you know, the Mouse King from the Nutcracker Ballet, which, you know, I haven't even mentioned, um, but got very popular over time, particularly around Christmas in the U.S. Um, a lot of different character Nutcrackers as well. So what are some of your guys' favorite Nutcrackers that you've had over the years? 
when you say nutcracker, it's interesting because we had gotten stockings for you guys and us before you guys were born, I think. I think we had got four of them. And Coles was the nutcracker stocking. They're they're um, hand-knitted. There's not knitting, is it? Hand. I think it's... Well, it's hand stitched. Uh, I don't yeah, know what yeah, 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 but it's not knitted. Um, but yeah, so it's it's this hand done, and his is a nutcracker on it, which is so funny. Uh, he just has always loved them, and he has a nutcracker stocking that was chosen for him before he was born. Um, the other thing is, I don't know if you guys remember, but for so many years, like so many years, we took you guys to a nutcracker ballet every Christmas time. Christmas season, not Christmas Day. Every Christmas season. And we watched that. Yeah. The Nutcracker Suite. Yeah, we got... Beth and I got a Nutcracker when we were um, early in our marriage. Well, actually, I had it, and I brought it to the marriage. And Beth was not familiar with all Nutcrackers at all. No, we were we never had them growing up. Yeah, so... Um, and I got it as a gift, I believe, from um, my parents. And it was Aunt Viv. It may have been from Aunt Viv, but... Obviously, yeah. before we were married, I got this Nutcracker. So, um, we, you know, we had the Nutcracker, and Beth brought it over to me and said, um, it's arm broke. And I said, it's arm broke? That's weird. And she goes, yeah, you know, I was, I was trying to open its mouth using the arm, and <laughs> I spun it around a couple of times, and it just popped off. I'm like, why were you doing that? She says, well, that's how you make why because did... I thought that's how you opened its mouth. <laughs> like, it wasn't an obvious... There wasn't an obvious big lever on the back. There is, but it's... It, you know, the way the levers go is they kind of mold into the back. Right. So it almost looks like a tailcoat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you've never been with a... Or had a nutcracker... Yeah. You know, she thought, well, you just... The arm is what opens it up, not yeah. the arm. So she she actually... I twisted it off. She broke it because it, it's well, connected with... Well, I just twisted the, it off. It, we broke it... <laughs> It's connected with this little thin uh, dowel rod, like a wooden dowel rod. So I had to actually uh, use a nail, a finishing nail, to reconnect it back in. And that was it a is, lesson learned for Beth. It is part of our Nutcracker collection. And history. It's, it's an original. That's right. An original. It's game. almost as good as it was originally, but not quite as good. But I think, so I've collected them over years, as Cole said, I generally like the ones that are the soldiers. So I have the most of them that are soldiers. Uh, second most is probably ones that are dressed like Santa. And then I have some, I, got, I do have the uh, Mouse King um, that I got from somebody as a gift. I do have one that is Phantom of the, of the Opera, which I actually uh, rescued. It's a, an original from a really well-known maker overseas. I forget the name of the, the uh, organization that makes them, but... Um, it's a beautiful nutcracker. It's just a little bit. The felt hat needs to be refelted, um, redone. Uh, I have a couple from Disney, Chip and Dale. That's uh, true. Uh, from It's a Small World. But my favorites are the ones that are the original uh, soldiers from over from Germany. So I got a couple through work that way. I got a one from uh, when I got one. We were over. There for our German River Cruise from Kathy Wolford. So I have one from there that I really love. Um, so those, the ones that are the classic um, looking ones, um, they tend to be you know, really well made, really well painted, a little more expensive, obviously. Uh, but those are my favorites. Interesting to me because when I look at where Nutcrackers came from and where they got popular, it's almost like 
a line through the middle of Europe going up into Russia because they started off kind of in Germany and picked up a lot of momentum in Italy and then went up through Poland into Russia and got really popular in uh, Russia, Italy, and Germany. Obviously, since the, if you weren't aware, the Nutcracker uh, ballet was written by Tchaikovsky, who was was Russian. So they got particularly popular among the uh, the upper classes there as kind of soldiers, but also fanciful little figures. And I'm glad that you mentioned about your Germany trip, Dad, because um, you guys brought me back home a um, Nutcracker as well, and that one is um, really, really pretty, and I really like that one. I think um, that one's one of my favorites. Another one is from my childhood, um, where it was like a... A uh, soldier were like um, holding like a flag, and I know um, since that flag has like broken off at least once or twice, and we've um, had to um, glue that back on. Another like I really do love Nutcrackers, and even at work, um, I have the I have a theme, a color theme at work um, for my cubicle. It's pink and um, gold, and I actually last year I found a number of pink and gold things like trees. Um, so I have pink and gold glitter trees, but I also have pink and gold, um, glitter nutcrackers, and both of them are soldiers. And so I have them at my, like, up, um, above my shelving in my cubicle at work. And, um, yeah, it's just really pretty, and it's one of the things that I really love. I do like the chunky ones, um, you know, the little, the little ones, but they usually don't go with my theme, so I usually don't get them. But I always, it always makes me smile when I see nutcrackers. Yeah, and the nice thing is that there are so many nutcrackers now. I mean, they've proliferated, so you can match them to your color theme. I got a set of like ten that I use as ornaments. I normally use as ornaments for the tree. Uh, this year, I have them set out a little more decoratively, but they're so funny. I've got, they're like little. Chef, Jester, Viking, you know, all those different, you know, it looks like a little Robin Hood one. And they're like little and have got those chunky little bodies, but still that classic kind of nutcracker. Nobody wants to be called uh, having a chunky little body, not even a nutcracker. But they carry it well. That's a lot of fun. It's um, fun to think about when you have traditions like that, where they started, where they came from, as well as where they, uh, where they are now, because... We still get Randy Nutcrackers. He still enjoys them. Something we enjoy a lot with Christmas is music. In earlier podcasts this year, I have talked about Michael Bublé and Harry Connick Jr. Kind of some some musicians that are more current versus uh, the Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, the ones that the kids grew up with also. One of the bands or one of the groups one of the groups that we really enjoy is the group pentatonics and that is an acapella group if you haven't heard from of them it's an acapella group who they're made up of five people in the group it started out as a trio Scott, Kristen, and Mitch were the trio. They went to Martin High School in Arlington, Texas. And they were in choirs and drama groups together. And they arranged a version of Telephone by Lady Lady Gaga and Beyonce to enter a radio competition to meet the cast of Glee. 
they didn't win, but it sparked a lot of attention around their school and on YouTube. So they decided to try out for the third season of Sing Off, The Sing Off. Now, I haven't seen The Sing Off, but it's an NBC televised acapella singing competition. So, so they, they got together for this competition and some members from one of their college acapella group suggested that they find a beatboxer and a vocal bassist. Those were the two things they didn't have and add that to the already formed trio. So they met Avi, who was the bass, and Kevin, who was the beatboxing kind of percussion person on the for the five. He interest, interestingly, he also plays the cello. Now the um, the group's only chance to meet was the day before the auditions for the sing off. So the day before the audition was when they met for the first time, and. And um, Mitch had to miss his high school graduation to make it. So it was just a funny version of events. They made it on the show, eventually went on to win. And they have been on so many things. We, we first became aware of them because of their Christmas songs, because of their Christmas album. That's Christmas to me. That's what the album was called. That's what the CD was called. And so I love all of these songs. I have them on my Christmas playlist. And the song, That's Christmas to Me, is such a great song. And I'm surprised that it hasn't caught on to, you know, with other singers. It's, it's just this incredible song. So if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to listen to it. We know them for their Christmas music. And we really like their Christmas music. And I think they have, um, they have more than five CDs now out. They've been on Christmas specials. They've been, I'm trying to remember it. They have been on award ceremonies. They've entertained there. Um, so, sorry, are you just talking about Christmas time or in general? Because they've done, like, a lot of, like, I remember them doing, like, a whole, like, they've done stuff for Disney and Disney at Christmas, I think. But also other times, too, like, they did a Star Wars, like, um, musical rendition as well, like they've, um, it's been really, really impressive what they've been doing. They have a variety of musical talents, and a, they go through a variety of genres of music, I guess you'd call it. Um, they, according to the group, they all like different kinds of music. So when they come together, it's, they can, they can go a variety of directions, and they do it really well. They've, they've become so well-known. Um, the one guy, Avi, he, he's the bassist that came on board. He decided to leave the group, and it sounded like it was on good terms. He just, I remember watching the interview, and he said he just, he didn't have time for the things that were really important to him, which were like family and nature and things like that, because Understandably, when you're trying to become, when you're trying to get to the next level as a music group, you're on the road a lot. So he he left, and they they needed to find another bassist. So they found that 
person. He originally, I'm trying to remember who it is. It might be Matt. I think it's Matt. That he tried, kind of tried out with them, I guess. He was on a special with them, a Christmas special. And then he did really well and he came on board the group. So there's five members of the group. And I don't know music very well. I'm trying to remember what I read. So their name, pentatonics, comes from the widely used scales in all music, the pentatonic scale. The X was added to make it more appealing and futuristic. <laughs> and it worked. It's pentatonics and it's really cool. So Scott is a baritone lead and he does back vocals. They all do the back vocals also. Mitch is a counter tenor lead with back and also does back vocals. Kirsty is the only, or yeah, Kirsty, Kirsty, I'm not sure how, how to Kirstie. pronounce it. Kirsty mm -hmm. um, is the only female member, and she's the mezzo soprano lead in back vocals. Kevin Alusala, Alusala is vocal percussion and the beatboxing and tenor backing vocals. He's the one that plays the cello. And then Matt is vocal bass, bass lead, and back vocal. So he's the one that joined in October of 2017 for the holiday performance and then became a permanent member of the band. So that's a little bit about pentatonics. I'd encourage you to give them a listen. It is well worth it. They are always a part of our Christmas music. So this year alone, I've seen them at the Rockefeller tree lighting uh, in New York City on that special. And then they were taping for the Disney Christmas special, so they were part of that as well. And then they released their new album, so obviously they're pushing the Evergreen album, which um, right. you know I already have that. And it's a great, great album, a lot of classic songs as well as some interesting um, new things. So um, yeah, just we've really enjoyed it and they continue to make a um, great impact at least um, from our perspective, during the Christmas season, but they do other things as well, as Tiffany mentioned. And I would also encourage you to listen to the song, That's Christmas to Me. Yeah. It's just a great song. So, yeah, Pentatonix, that's another musical group that we really enjoy. Absolutely. And our future festivities are for the week leading up to Christmas. So for all of you that celebrate Christmas, this is a very fun week. Hopefully you've enjoyed your Christmas season. December 20th is Go Caroling Day, something we've done over the years. Yep. December 21st is Yule, also the first day of winter. December 22nd, National Cookie Exchange Day. December 23rd, National Regifting Day. December 24th, Christmas Eve. December 25th, Christmas Day. December 26th, Boxing Day. You can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons. On Facebook, you can search holiday moons, all one word, in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at holidaymoons, holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Sydney, Cole, and Beth, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Children play outside like angels in the snow.
mom and daddy share a kiss under the mistletoe. And we'll cherish all these simple things wherever we may be. Oh, why? Cause that's Christmas to me. I've got this Christmas That's Christmas too. Oh. 